Hello everyone, this is Annie, and you're listening to Heroes and Zeros, a true crime podcast. Hello everybody, thanks for coming back and listening to our very first episode of our Afterlife series. Comes on the heels of our last episode, which was a scientific sort of explanation of what happens when we die. And I'm so excited because there are so many amazing stories out there to tell you. And it is my wish to give all of you wonderful listeners a little hope to hang on to. I love true crime stories as much as the next person, but after listening to the gruesome cases of serial killers, missing persons, and abused children, even I could use a little mind mouthwash. Our very first story is from Lori Lambert. Lori Lambert had joined the U.S. Navy after graduating in 1985. After boot camp, her first duty station was a naval facility in Coosehead, Oregon. Lori struggled with any activities during boot camp that required swimming. Yet, there she was, with her shipmates, ready to stake her life on a life jacket and a small inflatable kayak on the Rogue River. As she listened to the guide's instructions, a menacing premonition nagged at the corners of her mind. Kind of pushed away the kind of doubt that I should have had, my instincts about going on the trip. All of the Rogue River Rapids, except two, fell into class one, two, and three difficulties. The more challenging sections were Rainy Falls, which was a class five, and Blossom Bar, which was a class four. As soon as she started paddling toward Blossom Bar, she knew her apprehension wasn't misplaced. I know exactly where I was. I was at Blossom Bar. There's four huge rocks, and they, they call it the picket fence. I was just following what the guide was showing us how to paddle, and I had never done it before in my life. Her kayak slammed into the rocks, and she was thrown into the cold rapids. Now she is wedged between rocks and the frigid water. Lori was flailing her arms and then was sucked down deep into a gray-green abyss. She said that she believed in God, but didn't feel that he was particularly concerned with her. I got in the kayak, I hit the rocks, immediately rolled out, went into the rapids. The water hit me, it was ice cold. All the water went into my lungs. And I'm trying to get to the surface. I'm stuck into like a vortex of water. All of a sudden I'm like, I'm dying. And I said, oh God, please help me. And then all of a sudden, I just gave up. I just said, I just let it go. The darkness around her gave way to a dazzling light. And the water turned white. And then I felt myself zooming through a tunnel. And it was pure white light. And I came out on the other side. And it was like a room. The cold and pain ceased. As she zoomed, She was zooming horizontally through a narrow tunnel, and unconditional love enveloped her. She exited the tunnel into a room that was seen to be formed from pure white clouds. Before her hovered three beings, each a shimmering translucent crystal, six to seven feet tall. And the middle one said, you're not supposed to be here. It's not your time. You need to go back to your body. As if sensing her distress, The beings transformed into something she would recognize. They became familiar biblical angels. Light and love radiated from their iridescent eyes. And it's almost as if they knew I was frightened. Their wings were like fiber optic lines and they were white, but they had a rainbow color and they radiated this this immense love. They they adored every cell in my body. For the first time in her life, she felt like she belonged. You have arrived too soon, they told her. You must go back and finish your work. But since you are here, we will show you some things. The three angels produced a book from which snapshots of her life flashed rapidly by. The middle one said, before you go back, we're going to show you some things. And he had a book, but it wasn't like a real book. It was like a movie, pictures of my life from conception 
all the way to the time I fell out in the water. Then she saw her future, a man whose face that she could not see, and two children. The angel on the left spoke, I am Yashael. I've been with you since the beginning, and I will be with you for eternity. You must go back. You have to be there for them. And then he showed me a man and some children, but I couldn't see their faces. And he said, you need to be, you need to be there for them. And the next and last page was many children. And he closed the book. Lori really didn't want to. She didn't want to leave that place of warmth and love. Dashael took her hand and the two of them floated upward horizontally. And the one on the left said, I'm your guardian. My name is Yashael, and I've been with you since the beginning, and I will be with you forever. And he says, I'm going to show you some things, but then you have to go back to your body. And he took my hand, and when you looked up, there was this bright light, and it, you could feel the love just coming down from above. Above, a huge ball of warm light shone on everything, making her feel loved and known by God. She said she'd yearned to be close to him. Yashael led her to a huge waterfall where she sensed the presence of loved ones who had passed on. There she saw an enormous tree whose leaves morphed into vibrant iridescent birds. But suddenly the room just vanished and I was flying and we were over a field of wheat and we came down to the end and there was a fence, like a country fence. And on the other side of the country fence was a tree. When I saw the tree, I looked closely at it. When God's breath went through the leaves, birds would fly. They turned, the leaves turned into birds. She saw a lake so transparent that she could see people that she loved on earth. Lori was amazed that she could see them, but she sensed the lake was kind of a boundary between the heavenly and the earthly realms. You cannot cross the barrier, Yashael said. Please, Lori begged, let me stay. When it is time, I will come for you, he said. Now you have to go back to your body. And I felt so much love that I've never felt before that I didn't want to go. I was literally like fighting to stay. And he says, you have to be there for them. He put his hands on her shoulders and pushed her backward. And he pushed me, pushed me so hard that I popped up out of that hole and surfaced. And I was like, <gasps> the air finally in my lungs and the pain that from all the water in my lungs, I could feel all that again. Lori fell at the speed of light and her spirit wrestled back into her body. His push freed her from the rocky crevice that held her and onto the surface where she was then pulled from the water. So I was back in the earthly realm and I panicked. One of the men reached down and grabbed me by the back of my life vest and um, pulled me into the boat. The memory of what had just happened to her vanished. Something happened that I didn't understand. I didn't know and um, I didn't know what it was. I didn't have anything to like look up. I couldn't, because it was 1986 and there was no internet. It took until 95, until the internet came about that I was able to finally search. A few days after the accident, Lori developed bronchitis and the doctor put her on bed rest. That night, the dreams began. A tunnel, three triangular prisms that became angels. An angel who whispered, I've been with you since the beginning. Over time, more images appeared. A book, flashing images from her life. A faceless picture of the man she would marry. Two children. An angel saying, you have to go back for them. So after two years at Cooshead, Lori transferred to a U.S. Naval facility in Wales, where she met a man named Phil. One evening, he asked her, So, Lori, what's the weirdest thing that has ever happened to you? <laughs> and Lori told him all about the kayaking incident, about the dreams, and although she couldn't see the face of the man in the book in her dreams, she felt that he was there with her. 
Belle and Lori married in October of 1988. Nine years after her rafting mishap, Lori was surfing the web and typed in near drowning visions. And I read what it was to have a near-death experience and it fit exactly what happened to me. The feelings of having to come back. I question why. I researched a couple of things. 21 people died at Blossom Bar in the same spot, and I lived. The results described what happened to her and gave it a name even. It was called a near-death experience. She had died that day, and she had an NDE to prove it. Everything she saw in her dream was real. Lori exclaimed, Dear God, you did this for me? Now Lori began to seek God, longing to experience again the closeness to him that enveloped her in her NDE. Thirty-six years have passed. Finn and Lori have two children just as the angels had shown her. She no longer feared death. And now Lori has worked for so many years in hospice care. Because of her NDE, she knew she could reassure her patients that something beautiful was waiting for them on the other side. And I guess my purpose is to be able to tell people what happened to me and that there's a dimension that exists that's real, whether you want to call it heaven or utopia, what I saw was real. And if it gives people hope, because there's so much despair and hopelessness in the world, then my story makes a difference. And it lets people know that there's somebody out there that's bigger than us, that's, that's watching over us. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoy our Afterlife series. It is my wish that they bring to your life a little hope and a little joy because without it, all we have is true crime. Thank you for listening, guys. If you like what you hear, reach out to us on Facebook at Heroes and Zeros, a true crime podcast. And give us a review and a rating at lovethepodcast.com, Heroes Are Best. You can find this link in the description of the episode. It's a new feature that makes it so easy whether you have an iPhone or an Android. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please subscribe and share. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.